Most New Yorkers might be a little skeptical about eating something they found on the street, if it's not from a food cart. But one New Yorker has made it his life's work to convince his neighbors that nature's bounty is accessible even in the heart of the city. His name is Steve Brill, otherwise known as Wild Man. And you can find him in the parks and sidewalks of New York City. This is Off the Path from WSHU Public Radio. I'm Davis Donovan. And this week we conclude our journey through the world of plants and herbs from New York to Boston with a visit to Forest Park in the heart of Queens. I'd like everyone's attention. So uh, this is a huge park. There are sunny areas we're going to start with and cultivated areas and then there are woods. Wild man Steve Brill has gathered a tour group of about 20 people at Forest Park. And soon they set off into the park, headed for the woods. Steve scans the trees and the shrubs. Every now and then he stops to explain how a nut, berry, or leafy weed that grows in the park is actually edible and even tasty. This is the common blue violet. It has a heart-shaped leaf, a violet flower with five petals, and a little beard in the center. So everyone get a flower so you can look at that. The leaves and the flowers are edible and quite good. My favorite plant, because my daughter's name is Violet. Steve likes to educate with a side order of jokes, eliciting laughs and sometimes groans, like when he finds some wild garlic. This plant prevents the COVID virus. Once you eat it, your breath is so bad, no one will ever come close enough to infect you. Someone brings Steve a small blue mushroom she found in a mulchy pile of needles at the base of a pine tree. His eyes go wide. Oh, a bluet. Everyone come over here. This is a blue mushroom called a bluet, Clitosabe nuda. Grows on the ground, uh, usually under pine debris. It has a blue cap and it has a fat base and the stem has some blue on it too. It's incredibly delicious and it's one of the strongest tasting mushrooms. So you just put one or two of these in a pot of rice and you will taste it. Uh, where was it and is there more? Steve and his tour goers poke around among the pine needles, but they can't find any more bluets. This is Eric Sarpong's third time on the tour. My friend actually recommended it to me. He does a lot of foraging and growing his own food, so he recommended me Steve Brill, so I came out here to try it out, and I had an excellent time. <laughs> Steve Brill planted the seed in my head, like I can go out to my local park and forest and get food, you know, so that, that was pretty amazing. Eric now does his own foraging back home in New Jersey, and he finds some cool stuff. I found hand of the woods mushrooms once. That was really big for me because it was really cool to find. A lot of burdock I find, goutweed I find a lot of that. Eric says next he'll try learning to make some recipes with his foraged mushrooms. Wild man Steve Brill first became fascinated with foraging after he saw a group of Greek women collecting grape leaves right here in Forest Park. His nickname, Wild Man, did not evolve from his love of foraging, though. It, it was his love of jazz, in reference to the jazz standard Wild Man Blues. And here's an interesting side note. Steve Brill claims to be a practitioner of a rare instrument, the Brillophone, invented by his father. That's Steve playing the Brillophone by cupping his hands and clapping them in front of his open mouth to create a sort of an echo effect. 
Steve studied pre-med, but decided against medicine or a career as a professional brillophone player, and started foraging tours in 1982. His apartment in New Rochelle has a wall full of local newspaper clippings, starting with his first notoriety. Here's articles of how I got arrested, teeth off the grass, page two of the New York Daily News, page one of the Chicago Sun-Times, Daisy's not on, on the diet. That headline refers to the incident that put Steve Brill on the map when he ran afoul of the city parks department. And they were infuriated that I came into their park and was showing people about plants and picking weeds. Steve says they spied on him with binoculars and actually chased him through parks. They finally mounted an undercover operation in 1986. Two rangers posing as a husband and wife signed up for a tour in Central Park. The man paid me with marked bills, and they had surveillance cameras. Every time I'd hold up a specimen, they'd take a picture, only I was the specimen. At the end of the tour, I ate one leaf of a dandelion, and the male ranger ducked behind a tree. All right, there he is on 81st Street. Go get him. Every park ranger uh, in New York City popped out from behind the bushes. They surrounded me in case I was going to climb up a tree, put me in handcuffs lest I bop them on the head with a dandelion. The charge was criminal mischief for removing vegetation from the park. The arrest made Steve a local celebrity, and briefly a worldwide one. Everyone from MTV to the BBC covered the story. Steve has keepsakes on his wall from his brief jail stint. Somewhere up here are my fingerprints. Here they are. They let you keep those? Yeah, yeah. I still can't get the mug shots, but it's only been like 36 years. Steve's relationship with the city has changed a lot in those 36 years. After the arrest, Mayor Ed Koch saw the publicity and decided to hire Steve to do official city-sponsored tours instead. He worked for the city for the rest of the Koch administration, then picked up where he left off with his own tours. No one tries to throw him in jail for eating flowers anymore. I've had people that started when they were kids and have become environmental leaders, founding environmental organizations, are doing ecotourism around the world and their first glimpse of nature, because you don't get a lot of this in schools was coming on foraging tours of me when they were kids. Steve says New York City's parks are actually some of the best places in the world to forage. For one thing, New York's bridges and tunnels do a great job at keeping out larger wildlife that plague other parks. So there are no deer in the city parks, and they plant things from around the world. You're not going to find ginkgos on the Appalachian Trail, for example. There's also more habitat variety. You can go from a wet area to a forested area to a cultivated area to a thicket very, very easily. And each of these habitats has its own sets of plants. And Steve has expanded his range outside the city limits. Now he teaches foraging classes in parks in Connecticut, New Jersey, upstate New York, and Long Island. But he says he hasn't entirely escaped his outlaw past, and he still has to watch his back for local officials in suburbs who don't understand the power of foraging. The officials will let you take a log covered with mushrooms and burn it in a campfire, which kills the fungus in the log that's producing the mushrooms. But if you pick the mushrooms, they want to lock you up. 
So uh, I'm sure some of them will follow me to the grave and come after me in the next in the next world. Wildman Steve Brill has published a few books, including a handbook on foraging in New York through Falcon Guides, a widely respected outdoor guide publisher. He also did a vegan cookbook full of recipes you can make with foraged food. Okay, I tried a little bit of his hummus dip, and it's delicious. This is Off the Path from WSHU Public Radio. I'm Davis Donovan, and that's a wrap on our nature walk from New York to Boston for stories on how we use plants and herbs. We're taking a summer break now, but we'll be back soon with more stories of amazing places and histories from New York to Boston.